Welcome to Yellow Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yellow Mensa is a ministry of Isabambano's Center for Biblical Justice. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Yellow Mensa. I'm your host, David Kluter, and with me is my favorite trusted sidekick, John <laughs> Skepers from Isabambano Center for Biblical Justice. Well, when did I become the sidekick? Who, well, do, who determines these things? I, well, these things come up, you know. Oh, come okay, up as a, there's been discussions <laughs> about this. Oh, I've been excluded. Anyway, welcome everyone and uh, good to have you. And uh, it's been a bit of a break over December while we've been, uh, I don't know, chilling and on holiday and having Christmas and all that with us. And uh, it's good to be back. And yeah, David, what what's happening? Well, there's a lot happening, John. Um, Isabambano is mm. having this launch or having its launch. Yeah. Tell us about that. What's going on? So some of you may know, uh, Yellow Mensa is part of Isabambano as the bigger ministry. Uh, we started this around June, August, something like that last year. Been building and growing. Uh, we're having our official launch on the 15th of February. If you want to find out more about the vision of Isabambano, if you'd like to come along and support, hear some good music. We've got my man Lux playing, uh, local hip hop artists. Uh, we've got Misha, we've got some good food, and we're just going to be sharing the vision uh, of Isipambano. Uh On the 15th of February, you can get your tickets at isipambano.com. Uh, it'd be great to have you there. Bring as many of your friends and family as you can pack into a car. Priyat, my bro. Preach, preach, preach. Hallelujah. Amen. Besides that, there's something else happening. Yeah. There's a cohort happening. Yes. Tell us about that. So the cohort is also part of this combiner. What we're trying to do is, uh, for those of you who have some more time, you want to go more in depth into understanding cross-centered, contextual justice, who want to get a feel for it. Uh, we're going to be looking at scripture. We're going to be looking at context. We're going to be reading uh, together. We're going to be reasoning together. We're doing assignments. Uh, it's going to be a 10-month process once a month with assignments and readings and getting together. Uh, but if you wow. really, yeah, if you really want to understand and go deeper uh, and, and richer and, and dig in, and some of those questions have been bothering you about cross-centered contextual justice, sure. this is the place for you. I need to tell you, we are limiting a cohort to twelve, and we already have quite a few sign-ups. So if you are interested, go to the website www.isipamano.com. Go to study and sign up or you can contact me on john at isipambano.com and i can give you all the details so we'd love to have you both of those be a part of this uh yeah let's get it let's get it let's do let's it let's get it so and part of getting in there let's get into the today's topic right <clears throat> as we speak about justice social mm-hmm. justice racial dynamics among conservative evangelicals and this is our tribe that's our tribe yeah this 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 is this is where for we better for worse this, it's our people this is our people this yeah, is our, our people, people yeah. there are a number of common objections that keeps surfacing mm-hmm. we understand that objections of course uh, are welcome and we all welcome them yeah, yeah because we all want to be faithful to scripture and the gospel yes that's what we sure. want to be that's what we all want to and so these objections that we want to deal with today go something part of them or some of them go something like this isn't all this talk about social justice and reforming society simply just the social gospel all over again so the, I think the first thing I want to say about this is I think this this is a serious objection, mm-hmm. uh, and, and one of the reasons I think it's such a it's, it was a serious issue is because this this social gospel has become like 
this I, I can call it the defeater belief or like the trump card like I'm almost shutting down discussion because what? I've trumped it because it, that, it's that, social gospel I, I, I use ah, the magic ah, word yeah, you use the magic word you can't, you can't, you can't get out of it. yeah yeah yes. So it doesn't really go together. So we don't. So it's become the the, the, the this mm. this this almost like a scare tactic, mm. almost like a scare tactic. Like because really none of us wants to be unfaithful to the gospel, as you said. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we we use these words like "isn't this a social gospel?" the the implication is, aren't you being unfaithful? Aren't mm. you, as has been said of me, possibly you? Aren't you? In danger of losing, losing the, the gospel. gospel. So, so it's a very serious mm. thing. It's something that I've experienced personally, and I've experienced hurt about this. Well, great hurt. Hearing from people saying, you know, hearing from friends of mine saying, "Hey, I spoke with someone, and they said, you, ah, no, you're you, not you've alone, lost John. the gospel. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not and alone. and it, it hurts. And one of the reasons really, yeah. it really hurts. And I don't know about for you, but for, it hurts for me is because I'm like, why do you think we? I'm talking about this. Sure. Because I like to be uncomfortable. Because I like to be a troublemaker. Okay, maybe a little bit, but but really, <laughs> realistically, the gospel is driving this discussion. The gospel is driving why I want to talk about these mm. things because of what Jesus has done. So say I've lost the gospel. I'm like, really? What other reason do I have to care about justice and mercy? Sure, sure. Um, so so if we if we if we're gonna stop using this sort of this phrase that we throw out there to to to, to like defend ourselves to to sound a little bit evangelical and mm. and faithful and orthodox and this is what we do and we're trying to get away from it and we also scared of of, of, of the circles that we move mm-hmm. in and all the stuff that's muddled up in that if we want to stop with that and even uh, using that as a trump card what what would you say why should we do that first up first up i just think it's unf- it's dishonest and it's unfair mm-hmm. it's before you've and very often before you you've heard me out or you out or you've heard someone out before you've really engaged with it you've dismissed them you've equated it with something that you that you in your circles regard as unfaithful mm-hmm. without actually listening to it so you you know you you haven't given a, this person this 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 viewpoint a chance to be wrestled with to thought through it's dishonest. Uh, you taint people's reputation by accusing them of being unfaithful to the gospel by using loaded terminology without actually really listening to them evaluating yeah yeah and proper considering what is being brought yeah. to the table yeah. is is their gospel warrant for what yeah. the person is saying and, and then on top of that I think it's lazy it's it's lazy and with lazy I think there's there's a the dark side of lazy as well is I think there's vested interest the dark side is I don't want to deal with this well wow. because it may demand something of me it may change the way I do church it may change the way I do ministry it may change the way I, I live my life it may change the way I interact with people who are different to me with poor people with sure. black people so I'm it's so much easier for me to throw that trump card on sure so it's more than just simply saying there's a fear of moving away from the gospel. It's actually much more personal than that. Yeah. It's actually a whole lot more personal to that. And it speaks to either sin yes. within us, uh, sin within the world, mm. sin that we we just don't want to face and recognize. Yeah. Um, it deals with all of that. Um, and that's why it's so, un- it's so unfair and so unhelpful sometimes to throw out this 
you've lost the gospel because mm. I'm saying it's the gospel that's compelling me mm. to see that sin in me, to to recognize that sin in society and to speak. And it's a gospel that 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 compels and makes me want to speak out when I I also have a vested interest. Mm. I'm white. I'm the beneficiary. I'm a white middle-aged male. You don't I'm get the, more, I'm you, in the middle. I'm you don't get more so. privileged than me. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, you you beat him privilege. Maybe <laughs> see, I, me, I'm the pinnacle of privilege. Sure. Wow. Like to say, so to lazily dismiss what what myself, for instance, is when I when I raise something like that, I say you you're ignoring the gospel, and to do it in a lazy way is is actually I'm going against every instinct. In within myself hmm. to confront my sin first of all, sure. to confront the the sin of people like me, to confront sin, to to, to raise questions hmm. and confronts maybe too harsh a word, but to raise questions about this, hmm. and then we just throw that lazy card on. Wow. We we throw that that lazy card which serves our interests. But, but the guys did get some stuff wrong, but. Did they at all get anything right? I, I think that's the other that's the other recognition that every movement, every thought group, every uh, leader, every, every person, it's a mixture mm-hmm. of good and of evil. That I mean, that's the nature of the fall. We believe that as humans, we created in the image of God, and yet we are tainted by sin. Mm-hmm. And so we believe that that our societies, our thoughts, as as humans, contain something. Of, of of the image of God, the dignity of God, sure, but yet also is tainted by sin, and so so did the social the social gospel didn't get everything wrong, and I think we need to recognize that. I mean, for one one of the things that that I think stands out for me as I just was kind of just reading some stuff again this week is the reminder that that uh, that one of the proponents, one of the chief proponents, the name that's kind of held up as synonymous with the social gospel, Walter Rauschenbusch, he. He was a Baptist pastor within an area of New York known as Hell's Kitchen, wow. which was one of the, the poorest, most deprived, with some of the biggest social problems within New York. Mm, Hell's Kitchen. That's what they called it. And so here was a, a man with whatever his theology was, is saying, how does my theology relate to my context? Mm. How does my theology deal with this? And it was... He was a wrestling with that. Now, whether we agree with the answers he came up with, mm-hmm. at the very least, we need to recognize and say he was asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. He was in the right place. He was in a place where he couldn't ignore them, where too much of our evangelicalism is, is hidden away Wait in the suburbs and in the middle class and in these areas where we try and ignore that. Sure. And when you say mm. his context informed his thinking about his theology, we need more of that, mm-hmm. even if we disagree with his answers. Sure. I mean, that's just one example. I think there were, other, yeah, there were a number of so, other things. But so yeah. let's zoom a little bit in. So mm. what is the social gospel? Good question. Yeah, yeah. What yeah. is the social gospel? Yeah. So, so yeah, if, we, if we're getting away from, I guess, that, that, that trump card mentality, we're saying, okay, if we're going to accuse something of being the social gospel, let's understand at least what it is. What it is. So we can make a... Exactly. Because there's no doubt there are movements, there are thoughts, there are people who will... Uh, propagate ideas which are very similar and then we can rightly say say, hey brother I think that's the social gospel but rather than just like dismissive yeah exactly so the the social gospel really was a movement around late 19th century early 20th century that believed that we could see the kingdom of God 
coming through human effort and being established through the Christianization of society mm. um, within history. So, and that came, it, was, it was something that came out of, out of a, a more liberal theological movement, which would already have had uh, issues which I would disagree with around uh, the miraculous, the nature of scripture, mm. the divinity of, of Christ, sure. um, the, the nature of atonement. So mm-hmm. it's coming out of that. And then looking around at the social problems and saying, how do we speak to this? How do we address this? Um, coming from a, a, a post-millennialist view, which believes the world is just getting better and better and better, mm-hmm. and that then, which which is rooted in the Enlightenment, by the way, that's Enlightenment thinking. So it's it's, it's coming from a particular Western uh, school of thought that's developing. Sure. Um, believing things can get better and better and that as we see society becoming better and better we will see the kingdom mm. of God being established mm. almost separate from the church mm. uh, I think there was probably still within the social gospel movement of the, of the so early 20th century some disagreement but later um, others following the lead uh, in the 60s um, the secular gospel movement would take the lead directly from the world mm. And say that there is no distinctive place for the church. Now we have a problem with that, yeah, and sure. some of the problems we would have with that have to do with the fact the distinctiveness of Christ, the distinctiveness of the atonement, the inspiration of Scripture. Sure. sure. Um, so we don't believe that the world is getting better yeah. and better. We don't. We I don't think it's getting worse and worse either. I think it's the same personally. But we also don't believe that we're going to see the kingdom of God established within history. history. Mm. We can see signs. And, right. uh, and, yeah. and, and symbols and growth of it but ultimately it's going to take a divine intervention yeah. for the kingdom of God to come fully and finally sure um, so this is something to, only, to transform yeah. the structures of society yeah. it's breaking in but ultimately it will be accomplished and achieved mm, mm. through Christ but even this breaking in is yes. through God's divine intervention exactly it's through exactly. Jesus Christ it's, and at, the gospel it's through the gospel that, that comes happen. and yes. works and changes things. If there is no gospel, there is no kingdom. kingdom. I think we mm. would want to. We would very much want to say that. Yeah. Um, Human beings cannot establish the kingdom of God on earth without Jesus Christ saving a person's mm-hmm. soul, transforming their lives, mm. and then they submitting everything that they are and everything that they aspire to be uh, in Him and through Him in the gospel. And then we see glimpses of the gospel breaking through in the now. And, but ultimately, we don't. We recognize that that cannot happen apart from yeah. God in Jesus. If the King is not recognized, sure, there can be no, no kingdom. kingdom. And that's I think, and that's what we want to say. So, as good as movements like anti-racism movements, the civil, uh, there's parts of the civil rights movement in the states, parts of the the fight against apartheid in South Africa, uh, even the Me Too movement, uh, they are not intrinsically Christian. Even though we can endorse them, we can we can uh, develop a Christian theology around the issues, and we can see the church doing kingdom things. But if the king is not acknowledged, there is, is no, no kingdom. kingdom. Yes, I think so, we need to say that. And so, for sure, there were massive problems with the social gospel. Absolutely, yeah. Although we want to say, okay, here's some good. Here's a problem they're seeing. Here's here's where they want to. Here's here's where they want to zoom in and, and and tackle the issues. Yes, but for sure, uh, there was a massive problem with the mm-hmm. social gospel. So so the church responded mm. to this movement, to this to the to the social gospel. Right, and. Many called it during this period as a the great reversal. Mm. You want to speak to that? Yeah, it's like we said earlier. I think the idea 
the proponents of the social gospel were asking good questions. Mm-hmm. They were raising important issues. For instance, another, another thing that I think they got right is not just looking at sin individualistically. Sure. But they were saying there is a structural, there's a corporate nature to sin. When sinners get together, individual sinners get together, yeah. they create sinful structures. Yes. And they create oppressive structures. And so we need mm-hmm. to look at the corporate consequences of our sin. We need to look at this. And so they, they were right in that. And so we didn't, we didn't see that. We didn't see the fact that, that uh, Rauschenbusch, for instance, his, his, his context was, was right and he was wrestling. We didn't see any of that. Instead, what, because there was a fear that the, the proclamation, which it was, the proclamation of the gospel was being downplayed, because there was a sense that we could establish the kingdom of God without God, what we did essentially as conservative evangelicals, we ran away. We yeah. ran away. We said we have to protect what we perceive as the true, true gospel and the true ministry in this. Yes. We were scared. Hmm. We were scared of losing it. And so the, the right questions that were raised by the, the, the social gospel movement we were scared of, of becoming like them. And there were some real fears there, some fears I want to acknowledge. So we ran away. Sure. Instead of instead of trusting in God's, God's spirit at work, mm. in saying, instead of seeing the brokenness and saying, we recognize that. How do we respond in a gospel way? Sure. We went from saying proclamation is important to saying it is the the only thing. All we have to do is proclaim the gospel. gospel. There was no sense of going. How do we engage? How do we take the love of Christ into the world? Sure. Together with that, there was a rise of a middle class of a middle-class evangelicalism. The middle-class largely became evangelical. Sure. And the middle-class became comfortable. Mm. As evangelicals became a comfortable people who, didn't, who weren't faced with the social ills. Mm. It would cost us to be involved with social problems of poverty and, and a system that was working for well, us. Sure. Particularly well. as white evangelicals. And so we adopted a an apolitical faith a a faith which says we are just about the spiritual we yeah. are about getting peace saving souls for heaven sure it doesn't matter what happens here sure and largely largely, largely the narrative that has been pushed especially in the south african context yeah. is that you know the people the church in particular who's who's been advocating for some kind of voice to especially what was happening in South Africa mm. and apartheid, um, many of, of these guys were labeled and they were branded and the church were like, we, we don't want <coughs> to be those guys. We don't want to be that. And so uh, the middle class, and particularly the white church, stood on the side because they were so scared and they wanted to protect what they have. Mm. And they, they often the excuses given that we believe the propaganda of the of the of the of the government of the right. day and so we 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 just didn't do anything because we were faced with this dilemma and, mm. and we just we just didn't know what what we what we now somebody will say to you now in all of these contexts you can understand surely john you can understand mm. then when the social gospel movement first broke out when the church responded and reacted mm. it was necessary somebody may say yeah if you think about the south african context yeah uh, shouldn't those proponents of, of social justice, and especially those within the black community, mm. Christians, shouldn't you, 
Yes, we heard you, but we were we were white Christians would typically say, evangelical reform would typically say, you have to understand in the space that I was operating and where I was and, mm. and trying to love the Lord and trying to see this stuff, um, that it was difficult to, 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 to see your hurt. It was, well, I saw it, but I didn't understand mm-hmm. it. I didn't get it because there were so many narratives and we were scared of losing what we held dear. There's this great quote that I came across this week um, from uh, Tabiti Anyawabile. He, he was faced with a situation of poverty actually in South Africa. And he says this, he says, I can't be so concerned about what might be lost that I'm too paralyzed to venture anything on it. I'm looking at the scene in Africa and it could be in most any place in the world. And I just can't justify the idea that my only task as a Christian and a preacher is to preach the gospel. I can't justify the idea that if I only preach the gospel, which I must preach and treasure in God, then I've been faithful, even if I've not served the needs around me. Mm. When you're standing this close to the naked, brazen effects of sin and depravity, you realize that Christ's work of redemption is our only hope. Sure. And that we need to act mm. in that same hope. Wow. And I just, when I look around and say that the reality is, we can look at it at a white evangelicalism and to one to one sense a, a colored and a black evangelicalism within south africa uh that was very much influenced by that western ideology that separated uh the spiritual and the material and we can be influenced by it in such a way that we safeguard the spiritual and we have nothing to say to the material and we look at our country and we say that thinking meant that we we could turn the other way on apartheid it meant that we could go and preach the gospel to black people. We could establish church, separate churches for black people. We could see that they, they had faithful teaching, but not be moved and broken as Rauschenbusch and others were by, by the depravity, by the brokenness, by systems that were oppressing and crushing. And how much more obvious than apartheid? You see, we, we need to look at that and we need, to, we need to say that we ran away because it benefited us, because it was safe and it was comfortable. Right. And I think in reality, we have hidden behind a gospel faithfulness. Mm. We, we were trying to be faithful to the gospel. And in one sense, we were faithful to a narrow understanding of the gospel, something that saves souls for heaven. Sure. But we didn't care enough about those supposed souls to actually love them in the here and now. Sure. And that's not what Jesus does. He doesn't shout at us from heaven. He comes down into humanity. He becomes one of us. He lives as a, as a working class Jewish male in an oppressed regime, struggling. He, he's, he's rejected. He, he, I mean, we know the story. He ultimately dies for us. For, for our sins, he doesn't live at a distance. Sure. And yet, when we write things off of the social gospel, when we run away for fear of being contaminated so that we can keep the supposed pure gospel intact, we end up actually, we end up contaminating the gospel. gospel. Yes. Because it becomes something that can speak to, to heaven, but we don't care that our brother or sister is living in a shack, they don't have food, they can't see their family, that they are migrant laborers oh. living for, for an entire year without seeing your family. Sure. The system created that, and the church, and the church sat at best quietly by, and pretended to be preaching the gospel. 
So we've got to be very careful about throwing out that social gospel uh, card and say, oh yeah, 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 that's just the social gospel. I almost want to throw back a card and say, that's just the apartheid gospel. Mm. That's just the gospel that gave us apartheid. Sure. David Antonis, how did apartheid, which was a doctrine before it was even a law, how did it even get out of the church council meeting? Wow. How did, how, how did that, whoever brought that, not get kicked off the council immediately and said, brother, before you're an elder in this church, go read your Bible. Wow. But it didn't just come, came from one church council, spread to churches, yep. to the law of the land. Yep. Because we were spiritual, with very little concern for the material. Yeah. We need to be very careful of pointing all these fingers at the social gospel and not examining our own hearts. Sure. Because we are complicit. Yeah. We've Ooh. spoken about the fact that we, we see some of the benefits and some of the good that came out of the social gospel, but at the same time, we want to say, that's not us. Yes. That's not what we stand behind. That's not what, yes. we, what we preach. That's not what we believe. But this is also not, this other response is not where yes. we are as well. This is, this is mm. not what we hold to. Mm. This, um, the great reversal type of response yes. to that. That's not entirely where we are. And so some people will respond and say, but the church have in later years responded in a helpful way. Mm. And many people point to things like the Lausanne movement, uh, recovery of, the, of, the, of social action mm. and what came out of that. Yeah. Um, and it was an attempt to, to reconcile the two. Mm. And evangelicals spoke to the issues. Yeah. Is there anything more to say to that? Is, was, was it within itself? Is, 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 is statements like the Lausanne movement, uh, the statement that they produced on this very particular mm. issue, is that, a, is that a fair now to say that at least we've seen, we've repented, now we, we're ready and we, we're mm. facing the issues head on? As, has the church arrived at with, with that? Lausanne is interesting though because when you mention it as well, even within Lausanne, there was this fight. Wow. There was this fight. There was Resistance. This, there was this fight. It wasn't the church coming together. No. Yeah. Let's let's relook at the mistakes we've made. No. Let's, let's, let's consider. Now, so there was voices within there. Oh, there, there were definitely voices. In fact, and I mean, I, I, and I think it was happening a bit before Lausanne, but I think what actually happened is, and, and, and I think some of the, con the more conservative, those with uh, elements who would have said that mission is all about proclamation only, would have felt even like Lausanne was hijacked a little. Wow. Um, they would have felt so, and it's interesting enough, and I think again, we're learning from the lessons of, of Russian Bush and stuff, who were the key, some of the key players in getting us to recognize the role of social action, getting us to recognize the poverty um, and the injustices happening in the world. It was evangelicals based in South America. We owe a tremendous debt to people like Rene Padilla um, and Orlando Costas. These evangelicals who came mm. and who particularly influenced John Stott. Wow. John Stott himself would say at the 1966 Berlin Missionary Conference, he would have said proclamation is the sole mission of the church. By Lausanne in 74, he had changed. And he would say evangelism and social action go together. Yeah. They are crucial parts of the mission of God together. The Lausanne statement, uh, Article 5, states mm. that the two belong together. together. But have we as evangelicals really wrestled with that? 
have we taken lasagne as our own or is it an optional extra for missional keen beans for people who like that sort of thing whilst we get on with the real, real work, work of the gospel well and it doesn't have to be lasagne i think that struggle with lasagne is happening in the life of needs to happen in the life of many churches and many denominations many leadership structures still mm. today saying what is the mission of the church and if we agreed that these two are if we agree with lasagne that these two go together social action and gospel proclamation what is the nature of their relationship sure and i think we need to look at that in a mm. in another um s- a study but mm. Again, it's a social gospel that raised some of those questions for us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and perhaps it took us a long time to hear it. Yeah. And to even get in and say, we don't, we like, your questions are right, even if yeah. we're disagreeing with your answers. Next question. And this is probably something that's also personal for me, is mm. that in this working together of trying to emphasize on justice and mercy, isn't this a really a, a slippery slope into losing the gospel altogether? Mm. Yeah. And it's a real concern. We've all known people who've walked away from the gospel. Mm. Um, I know people who've pursued issues of justice and have walked away from the gospel, right? Well, I do. But I know people who've pursued a career and they've walked and that's ended up taking their love and their heart and they've ended up working, walking away from the gospel. I know people who've pursued romantic relationships that has taken them away from Jesus. Mm. Now, do we tell people don't pursue a career. Don't get married. married. Don't be ridiculous. Can pursuing issues of social justice lead you away from the gospel? Yes. yes. But so can anything that captures your heart and takes the throne ahead of King Jesus. Yeah. So, yes and no. Yeah. Finally, I think church history doesn't bear this out, does it? Mm. I mean, we look at the early church. We look at those beautiful stories of, of people moving into plague-filled areas. Mm. Of people rescuing baby girls that are left to die on dumps. And going in there in such a way that they change the ratio of, of men to women in the empire. Mm. We look at even things like the anti-slavery movement that happened with Christian emphasis. And yes, it's not perfect. We look at things like the Sunday school movement, which, which started as a means to educate and train young boys, and particularly started with boys who were working in the factories from Monday to Saturday. It was their yeah. only chance to get an education. It came from a Christian, Christian person who wanted to give people an education. These, and did, did that lead them away from the gospel? No, and very often it, it, it fanned and it, it built up their love for Jesus. Yeah. So church history doesn't bear this out. We have a beautiful, wonderful history of, of being involved in social action and even of changing unjust yeah. laws. And finally, the one we haven't touched on most, but I want to say it's biblical. Yeah. Like, will it lead us away from the gospel? Will the Bible lead you away from the gospel? No. no. It's biblical. It's biblical. It's biblical. That's yeah. why we're talking about, right? Yes. Uh, we're not some kind of woke social justice warriors. <laughs> I'm a man convicted by scripture. How about you? Sure, I am. Because there's so much in scripture that speaks to this stuff. And cross-centered justice um, at the root of it is really in creation. Yeah, and Genesis, if you, if and, and and the fall and the result of that, mm. and you see the effects of that on creation, on on humanity, exactly. on relationships, um, on how we do things, and whatever else comes from it. Uh, man, there's so much more we want to delve into. Yes. Um, as John pointed out, go to the website. 
www.isabombano.com as well as uh, on Twitter at uh, Yellow Mensa. You can also follow us on Facebook, like our page, share. We're all over there. We're all over there. Mm. Especially what we mentioned at the beginning, uh, the cohort, the study yes. cohort that's happening. Sign up. Please sign up for that as well as um, the, the launch that's coming Be up. There. Please there. Check, out there. On, check us out on Facebook. Yeah. It's all happening. It's all going down. Mm. See you there.